Welcome to the GoBundance Podcast, the audio channel for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic lives. You know, the problem with most successful guys is they are awesome, yet at the same time, they suck. <laughs> They're too one-dimensional. Like, they have big, fat money, but also a big, fat gut. <laughs> or the opposite. They may look good as hell naked, but if you look in their savings account, they're as broke as a $3 watch. Some may have both muscle strength and financial strength, but they've been divorced five times and their kids don't even speak to them. Some have huge smiley family portraits in their foyer, but not a single friend that's honest and objective with them. Some may be gregarious as hell, surrounded by people and hugs galore, but their charitable giving is shameful. Come on, man. Really? That's all you gave back? I think you get my point by now. At GoBundance, we know we're not perfect, but our goal is to be better. Better multidimensionally in six simple categories. We call these our pillars. Number one, horizontal income. Number two, age-defying health. Number three, bucket list adventures. Number four, genuine contribution. Number five, authentic relationships. And number six, extreme accountability. So speaking of number six, let's dig into this week's interview with a GoBro. And you can tell me. Is he walking the talk or is he a false prophet? <laughs> Have you dreamed of being part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but maybe you're just not quite there yet on the balance sheet. You haven't hit that million dollar net worth, but you understand the value of being part of this community and part of this brand and why the six pillars are so important and they're important to you. Well, we've got a great opportunity for any one of you out there that are seeking one day to be whole life millionaires and join GoBundance. That is our Emerge program from GoBundance. My name is Jamie Gruber. I'm host of the GoBundance podcast, founder of the Emerge program, and I'm proud to say that we've been able to put a couple of hundred students through the Emerge program with stellar results. They've been able to achieve goals, transform their lives, and get to the next level of life that they aspire to simply by being part of this incredible program. With the Emerge program, we have three objectives. The first is to create transformation. You're going to establish a goal at the very beginning of this 12-week course, and every week you're going to get a content drop. You're going to get curriculum. You're going to get support from the community in you achieving that goal by the end of the 12 weeks. Along with that, our second objective is proximity. You're going to have proximity to like-minded people, just like you, people that you don't have in your regular life right now that you can relate to and talk about what it is you're trying to achieve in life. And they're going to hold you accountable to whatever you say you want to do, or better yet, whoever you say you want to be. With proximity also comes the GoBundance community. Every Tuesday evening, we bring in a GoBundance member and we Q&A them in our millionaire case study segment. Right before that, you get to hang out with your fellow Emerge members on Tuesday evening. And Thursday morning, Diego Corzo comes live to you to teach you about different areas of being a whole life millionaire. And lastly, our third objective, we're going to be watching. We want to make sure you're accountable to achieving what you want and finishing this course. And if you do... You'll get an exclusive invite to our Ascend Mastermind where we can really dive in and dig deep on getting you to that whole life millionaire status. Go to GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Put in coupon code Emerge for $200 off this one-time charge and lifetime access to the Emerge program. You won't regret it. Check out what it's done for other people on the website, and I hope to see all of you in Emerge. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. I'm your host, Jamie Gruber. And today we welcome in one of our GoBundance women's members, Vanessa Peters. Give a quick background on her. She is the founder of VMD Investing and has been investing in real estate for 12 years in single family, commercial retail, apartment communities, short-term rental, self-storage, land entitlements, manufactured home parts, parks, and I'm sure the list goes on and on. She's invested in over 2,500 units across 15 properties, four funds, one active now currently, which we'll talk about. She's passionate about helping busy professionals build wealth through passive income producing real estate that provides attractive returns and a proven roadmap to financial freedom. She's also, if that wasn't enough, the author of the Busy Professionals Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing, A Physician's Path to Building Wealth, Creating Financial Freedom, and Leaving a Legacy. Vanessa, welcome. 
Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. Absolutely. It's a true pleasure. It's been great getting to know you a little bit before we started recording, but let's go a little deeper. So where, like, let's get your backstory, kind of where you're from, and just give us the, the journey to all of what I just read, <laughs> how you went from there, <laughs> you know, wherever you were born and raised all the way up through now, just sort of go with it, roll with it. And, uh, and I'll ask some questions along the way. Okay, great. Thank you. So I am from Canada originally. I uh, born and raised there. And I did all my schooling up there uh, in mostly Calgary, Alberta, but also at some uh, northern British Columbia for my younger childhood and then high school, uh, undergrad and medical school up in Calgary. So my family is still up there and I decided to move down south to San Diego where I live currently when I uh, got out of residency. And the reason for that, you know, many people ask why you'd move to, to the States and I mean, the weather. That's, that's got to, it's got to be the weather. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of the snow. Uh, I mean, I love Canada. It's great in a lot of ways. It's beautiful, but I only go back in July and August because that's when it's nice <laughs> for me. So um, I moved down to San Diego. I was super excited to get a job down here in um, Escondido, California, which is like a, a North San Diego County. When I um, received the call from uh, the CEO of our medical group at the time, and he told me he had a, he was in Escondido, I had like, where is that? I have no idea. So back then, this was 20 years ago, uh, I had to pull out like an atlas and, and look it up. And, and I, I was I like, uh, yeah. that's San Diego. Okay, that is awesome. And so the, the day that I came down for my interview, I was flying down in May. I was graduating residency that in June. I flew down in May and we almost didn't make it because there was snow. It was snowing in Calgary in May. And, you know, that just goes to show you what the weather can be like up there. You know, the winters are long and cold. So I have been very happy here in Southern California for, for the last almost 20 years. And, um, you know, practicing medicine. I'm a family physician and uh, I've been at the same group the whole time. You know, I'm just really loyal to my group and I enjoy it. It's grown a lot since I started. And uh, now we have 12 locations and 80 providers or, or so. And I started kind of climbing up the ranks in the group as I, um, as I progressed and, you know, got on the board and became a shareholder. And now um, I'm actually the leader of the group. Um, it's a it's like a medical director position called chief physician officer. And so, you know, I'm sort of the leader of all of these docs, um, in addition to having a pretty busy family practice. So as you know, you can tell, I probably work, I work hard. And um, I actually got married um, in uh, 2000, 2009, and uh, had a child a, a little bit later than that. And, you know, I was just busy working. And, but I was talking to my financial planner, when I was about 35. And, you know, I, I realized I was working hard and I wanted to know when I could retire. And he sort of, I said, sort of like, I'd like to retire when I'm 45. <laughs> and he kind of smiled and he's like, um, do you know how much money you're going to need to retire at 45? Like with a safe withdrawal rate and all that, you know, cause right at this point I've got all my money and, you know, 401k stock market, that kind of stuff. And and I'm like, no, I have no idea. And he's like, well, you're going to probably need about four to $5 million. And at that point, I wasn't even an accredited investor yet. So, you know, I had less than a million dollars net worth. And, and I was like, oh, crap, that's, that's going to be hard. But I'm determined and I'm going to do it. So um, over the next, you know, seven, eight years, I just put my nose to the grindstone and saved. I just saved a lot. I saved half of my income. I worked really hard and, and I was putting as much money into these, you know, vehicles that were recommended by my financial advisor. And, you know, um, I was tracking things, but not really closely. And so about seven, eight years later, I look up and finally put things on a spreadsheet and a graph and I'm expecting kind of like a, a curve to the net worth, but it was a straight line. And I was, really disappointed because I thought that there would be some compounding of my money. This is during a bull market, you know, things are going up. Why is my money not going up in a curved fashion, like an exponential? It's just a straight linear line. And I was, 
crushed really, because when I looked at my net worth, I realized I was going to be working a long time if I was going to reach that goal that was set for me. And now I'm in my like almost 40 and I'm like, well, there's, there's absolutely no way I'm going to get there by 45. And by that time I had kind of like given up on the 45 idea anyway. Um, but at the same time, I realized that my son, I have a boy who's 10, um, you know, he's growing up fast and here I am working my butt off and kind of being a little bit frugal, you know, and, you know, not wanting to do stuff because I'm trying to save for this, you know, retirement. And we went on a vacation to Minnesota to visit some family and we were riding our bikes around a lake. And I mean, here in Southern California, we have only a couple lakes and they're really dry, but up there things are completely green and it's like really cool and riding our bikes. And it's, uh, the, the trees are like overhanging the, the path and, you know, it's all shady and, and I just had this feeling come over me and I was like, whoa, what is that feeling? And I was like, oh my God, it's contentment. It's happiness. <laughs> and I, I, it was weird because we're just riding bikes, but I was like, that is, holy crap. I don't think I've been feeling a lot of that and I need to. I think I had been anxious and stressy and working hard and not really taking the time to enjoy my life. I was so focused on a goal that I wasn't really being there. And I, it's, it's weird how one moment can just shift your, your life really, because that one moment made me think I need more fun, contentment and vacation time or whatever with my family and just to be happy and do what I want to do and not think about work and money. And that led me down this rabbit hole, which landed me where I am now, which is so strange because I took the experience quite literally and felt that the way to happiness would be for me to buy a house on a lake in California that we could go visit. So I started looking around for real estate in California that had a lake that would kind of be like that. And I know it sounds kind of silly, but I, I was taking it very literally. And I went to Lake Tahoe I mean, I, I didn't go there, but I was looking in Lake Tahoe thinking that's, that's a good lake. Of course, that's a 10 hour drive. Right. But I, I thought this is how I'm going to, this is how I'm going to be happy. And that didn't work out for various reasons. You know, the, um, that you need special permits to get short-term rentals. And of course that was the only way I was going to be able to pay for it was with a short-term rental and um, I couldn't get a permit. And so I was like, okay, well, dang it, that's not going to work. But it opened up my idea to real estate and thinking about, you know what, that's right. I read this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, way back in the day. And I know that real estate is the way to wealth. And this is the way that I'm going to change my net worth and give myself more freedom. And so it became my absolute mission. I was so laser focused on that. Um, and I didn't stop. I was, you know, like a, like a pit bull. I wasn't going to stop until I found a way to make this work. I had purchased a home, one house in Riverside County, which is just north of here in 2008 during the downturn because a realtor, I had some extra cash and he said, Hey, this area inland empire is going to be hot. You should buy a short sale. And so I did. Um, but I bought just at the beginning of the downturn. And so it wasn't really, um, it didn't go up for quite a while. <laughs> and so it scared me. I didn't know what I was doing. If I had done a little more research, I could have bought a bunch of those houses and been done very well. Cause that house has more than doubled now. So, but looking back, I was like, Oh yeah, I bought that house. I'm going to do that. I'm going to buy some more houses and I'm going to rent them. And this is going to be perfect. And so this is, you know, like 2015 and the, ho the houses in San Diego just don't cash flow at this point, at that point either. And I looked and looked at condos and I scoured the area and I just couldn't find anything. And so I was like, I've got to find another way to invest in real estate. I, I found bigger pockets and I started, you know, going to meetups and I started meeting other real estate investors and they were all going out of state and buying single family homes in other markets. That's what California investors do, a lot of them. And um, I looked into that a little bit as well, but that made me uncomfortable. I didn't really want to own a single family home outside of my state that I couldn't drive to and be responsible for it. And I just didn't think that the dollars were going to make a big difference, like the hundred or $200 a month just didn't seem like enough to buy a whole house and be responsible for it. So I kept looking and found out about syndications at some point and that I started reading about it I met somebody uh, who was involved in syndications an operator and you know I flew out to Dallas and I, I I walked a building I met the property manager and I did my first investment in Dallas Fort Worth and uh, syndication apartment building and that was when the light bulb went off I was like okay this 
this is going to work for me because I have capital, I don't have time, um, and and this is a, a passive income. That was. I also found that during my you know frantic search for real estate, I was I was distracted at work. <laughs> you know, I was constantly trying to find a, a deal, or I would be on a, a search and I would get an email every couple minutes. Oh, there's a new there's a new property up. There's a new property, and I was just like getting frazzled and realized that that's probably not the best thing for me to be doing a while I'm at work and just be just in general, you know, it's, it's a, it's a time consuming activity looking for real estate. And so I started investing in syndications and loved it. I mean, the cash started coming in and I start, I, I moved as much money as I could from uh, my traditional 401k to a self-directed 401k. And in the first year, I think I, I was in like 10 and, you know, now I'm up to as a personal as a limited partner, I'm uh, 25. And so, you know, I've, I've just really loaded up on syndications. They're not all real estate, but they are about probably 85% real estate at this point. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, and then, then I became interested in helping others because I was really passionate about it and was talking to anyone who would listen really. And then my, um, one of the syndicators, he said, you know, I have a coaching program. Would you like to join and, and learn how to do this? And so I did and began, began raising, you know, capital for deals. Um, I'm too busy to find deals and be an operator, obviously, but I do have a network and I can, you know, teach other busy professionals about syndications and why they're so great and why I love them. And so hence the book and uh, VMD investing. So I think that pretty much catches us up. <laughs> well, Okay. Well, let's try to unpack that because that catches us up <laughs> with a lot of things that we could talk about. I want to real quick talk about this Minnesota trip. This interests me. Give me a timeline on that. What that sounds like about a 2011, 2012. Is that about it or? No, that was like 2015. 2015. So your son, I'm going to mm -hmm. put him at a four. <laughs> See how good I am with yep, that. Yep, four or five. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. All right, go bros. We have our 2022 couples trip of a lifetime. Here's the deal. When you think romance, the one country that comes to mind, we are talking about Italy. Here is the epic itinerary. Day one. This is April 1st, 2022. We're going to arrive in Florence and take a private transfer to the city center. There we're going to go on a guided walking tour of Florence. We're going to discover all kinds of ancient beginnings where we'll finish the day with a welcome dinner at a local restaurant. Day two. After breakfast, we're going to visit some historic workshops and learn about the ancient Florentine artisanal tradition. Then enjoy a special leather hands-on workshop. In the afternoon, challenge yourself to a hands-on Tuscan food cooking class and then feast on your creations for dinner. Day 3, April 3rd, we're hitting the countryside. In the company of your local art historian guide, visit a Galleria commissioned in 1560. Leonardo da Vinci, Botticelli, Tizzanio, Michelangelo, all have hung out in this joint here after lunch at your leisure travel to the tuscan countryside and check out your hotel and dinner at the inner restaurant day four a full day excursion to siena today soak up the medieval flavor of the city on this walking tour through city center see palazzo Publico, the colorful marble clad cathedral and piazzo del campo one of italy's most beautiful squares. Then we're going to hit a leisurely bike ride through the vineyards, blanketing the surrounding landscape. Day five, we are going to start the day by driving Fiat 500 cars along the enchanting roads of gorgeous Tuscan countrysides. And we're going to land in the Bocelli Vineyards. Yes, the Andrea Bocelli. His family is going to serve us wine and and an incredible meal day six transfer to rome with a stopover in orvieto orvieto is one of the most striking memorable and enjoyable hill towns in central italy less than 90 minutes from rome it sits majestically high above a valley floor atop a big chunk of 
Tufo Volcanic Stone. After lunch, we continue on to our hotel in Rome's historic center. Day seven, wake up early and see the Sistine Chapel. Marvel at some of the world's most spectacular works at the Vatican Museums. Then visit St. Peter's Square in its soaring basilica. Of course, we will not miss the iconic Colosseum. The massive amphitheater that accommodated 50,000 spectators were gladiators prepared for battle. Next, be thrilled by a specially arranged visit inside formerly the Temple of Antonius. Here, enjoy a lecture on ancient Rome given by a prominent Roman art historian. Day 8, we reach Tivoli and visit the amazing Hadrian's Villa. After lunch at an enchanting local restaurant, we turn to Rome for a leisurely stroll through the charming neighborhood of Trastevere one of Rome's most authentic and vibrant areas. This epic adventure for you and your significant other covers all internal transfer, incredible, highly rated boutique accommodations. If you're ready to wow your significant other and show him or her how much you really love them, get signed up for Italy 2022. Wrong tribe confounds, the right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Speak to that a little bit. So you went away on this trip and, and, you, and you, uh, you, you kind of had this epiphany, if you will, and then started taking action toward that. Do you have anything with, did, did that teach you anything or do you, like for me, I know I learned, you know, when I get silence, when I get time to me, which I never prioritized, uh, it really does unleash just things that I don't realize it will unleash. Did you, do you, have you found that since? Have you had other instances like that where with space and time or, you know, time away where you can clear your brain, you know, things clear up for you and you're able to take action? Is this something you're intentional with? I'm just kind of curious what is it just like, hey, no, I had that time and I've been working ever since? Or is there, is there some, uh, some uh, intentionality to that now that you've kind of had that epiphany in Minnesota? Yeah, that's a great question. And absolutely. I've learned that when we stop and listen to ourselves, we have a lot of wisdom inside. And, you know, whether you get that through meditation or walking on the beach or hiking or camping or whatever, you do need that time to yourself. You know, like a, a, a retreat. Um, you know, a, a journey, there's all types of ways that you can go inward and find out what's inside. And, and I've done that several times. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm, I'm in tune with that and also have made some other decisions that have, um, you know, turned me in, in new, dif- new and different ways also. So I think that our innate um, messages that we're getting from ourselves are very important to listen to. No, uh, it's, it's a great point. I, 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 we interviewed Elaine Stagerberg uh, for this mm-hmm. podcast. And I was telling you before, I think you're our second GoBundance Women interview, depending on when these all come out. But, and she, that was one, something that she shared with you. Uh, and, and I've shared as well, the, the idea of she went away somewhere, I think it was Utah, and had this like epiphany clarity moment of just being away and not thinking and looking at cell phones and just the rush of the day. And you know, I had that experience recently on a drive to Florida, you know, just by myself where it just gave me clarity. Uh, I think it's an important point to make. The other part of that that I think is interesting is, you know, I talk to a lot of people who, you know, so I run the Emerge and Ascend program, right? These are for future millionaires. And the biggest objection I get before joining a program like that is, man, I'm, I'm just so busy. I have so many things going on. You know, I've, I have kids, I have, I have, you know, my job, I have this, I have that. And, you know, you would raise your hand and say, yeah, hey, me too. But my God, you, you know, you run a practice, a, a series of practices, it sounds like, you know, a, a group of practices, I should say, you know, you've got a family, you've got uh, a real estate empire that you're growing, and you continually take action. You mentioned you started going to meetups, bigger pockets, flew to Dallas, all this stuff. How You wrote a book about it, for God's sake. So give me a little bit about, about the busy professional you know, what are you teaching? What, what are some things that you, you think people need to know or understand uh, in order to take action toward the life they want, even though they have a very busy life currently? What are some, what's some bits of advice or some thoughts you would give there? Um, yeah, I mean, it's all about prioritizing what's important 
if you're busy, then you need to look at how you spend your time and where are your time wasters. And if you're uh, spending time, you know, scrolling through Facebook or Instagram instead of doing something productive, like hanging out with your kids or, you know, reading something like that could move you forward. You know, that's re that's really important in terms of getting the life that you want. Um, I really think it's important to have passive income. And, and that's something that I've, I've known all along, but going from my, the beginning of my journey in real estate, I wasn't so much focused on income because I have income. I have a job. And so for me, um, the, the little bit of money from each syndication wasn't really moving the needle very much. But now that I'm further into it, I've started to shift my and pivot my focus because now it's been five years. It's been over five years and I'm starting to see some momentum there and realize like, oh, wow, I, I need to focus on cash flow. And so cash flowing real estate is, is make sure it's passive, of course. Um, but that's the way that you can give yourself some time back and give yourself some freedom so that you don't feel like you have to work as hard. So, and then, you know, if you're not an expert at it, which, you know, is why I wrote the book, because not everybody loves real estate like I do. And so you're not going to sit there and comb the internet and learn about it. Because honestly, when I first heard the term, it took me a while to figure out what the heck syndication was, you know. And so now the book is just, uh, it's short, and you can probably read it in three hours. It's just a primer on syndications and what they are, why they're so great. And I go through three different asset classes, uh, apartment, mobile homes, and self-storage. But those are just examples. You know, there's other stuff out there too. And, um, but, you know, I start with my story and, and why it's so important to value your time. Makes sense. How, where can people find the book? Um, it's on Amazon. It's available on Amazon. Find it mm -hmm. there and you can pick it up for everybody out there. That's, that's interesting. Three hours. I mean, everybody has three hours to read a book. So, <laughs> although maybe you're a fast reader, I'm a slow reader. So it might take me a little more time. <laughs> well, here, look, it's, see, it's, it's pretty skinny. That's good. <laughs> That's a, that's a book book, right? It's not like, it's not filled with a bunch of meat or fat, I should say. It's got all the meat in it. Uh, There's no fluff, right? <laughs> no fluff, exactly. That's better, a better word. Okay. So you've jumped, it sounds like, from the limited partner side to the general partner side. Is that true? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. So give me an idea. And I think you touched on it a little bit. How do you balance that? Because I mean, it's very different. It's a very different thing from like, hey, I'm going to throw $50,000 into this deal and then collect the check to you know, like you said, maybe you're not finding the deals, but you're putting this together, you're raising capital, you know, you're, you're probably hosting the call, I'm sure, or somebody is to, to kind of like let investors know what opportunity you have. And you've got what four funds, one active right now, I don't know, if four closed plus one active or one of those is active. But uh, talk about how you balance that. Like, how do you, what have you done to create uh, a space in your life to be a general partner to run these deals at this point? Right. I mean, my goal is financial freedom. So I'm always investing as a limited partner as well, which is why I have like, like 24, you know, syndications in my personal portfolio. So when I when I um, connect with an operator, which is only um, maybe five people that I work with five different operators, they, they let me know when they've got a, a deal and they need some um, extra capital on the deal. And if I'd like to be part of the GP, so I review the deal and spend some time talking to them, find out if it's going to work for me and my investors. And then I, you know, I take it to my, my folks and let them know that there's an opportunity for them. So, you know, it, it isn't passive, <laughs> that's for sure. And sure. so my, my, my ultimate goal is to become, you know, free with horizontal income, not with vertical income, as we talk about in Go Abundance. Um, I don't plan on switching from being a physician to being a syndicator, you know, in the more active sense where I'm an operator finding, an, you know, finding a deal and managing it. So, you know, I, I do need to be protective of my time. So I, I did take on two deals recently at the same time. And that was a, that was a big mistake. Um, I really thought I could do both. Um, I was excited about both. And um, I, I just found that over the course of the six weeks that the, the one apartment deal lasted, um, one was a fund, which was ongoing. And then the, the apartment deal, I thought, oh, I can do it. It'll be quick. You know, well, you know, closing got extended. You know, there was a little bit of uh, a couple drops and some issues with a 1031 investor and um, it dragged on and I got really stressed out. You know, I was um, I was like, hmm, I don't think I'm enjoying this right now. You know, I've, I've got pressure and I'm, I've, I've got people coming to me and asking me which deal they should go in. And I feel, you know, like I, I just realized in myself that I need to limit how much time 
I spend on that. I can't grow this empire and do a bunch of deals at once and be a physician still and work full time and be, you know, wife and mom. So it's, it's, it's important for me to make sure that my, my time is well spent and with value, with really good deals that my investors will want. There's no point in taking on something that's mediocre. Makes sense. I love the your, your, the through line of your story is that you follow your intuition. It sounds like right the Minnesota trip and what it taught you to do, and you you took action on that. Like you said, maybe it wasn't exactly buy a lake house in Tahoe as you initially thought, but you went down that path, and then as you you clo- you, you worked on the second deal. Like you, I like what you said. I'm not having fun, right? Like you're you're not afraid. It sounds like to pivot or to move or to say, okay, I know where my limits are, and I'm going to respect them. You have your your personally set boundaries, which I think is is really really healthy. As a physician, I'm, I'm curious about this because I hear a lot of doctors like, look, we look at doctors uh, as a society, of course, as you know, terms like well-educated, um, smart, worldly, all of those things, right? But one thing doctors seem locked in on is active income. Like you got to grind, you got to work. Like if you're not working as a doctor, you, I've seen or heard you can be vilified in your profession. You're sort of stepping out of that. Like, what, what is that like in your world? Do you have, is that, does it create any conflict, the fact that you've got kind of a, a passive uh, push? People know that, I'm sure, in your world, and maybe you're working less than you did before. I don't know. Like, the, are you at odds, I guess, with your industry because of the mindset you have in, a, in, an, in an industry filled with a mindset of you got to grind? Right, right. Yeah, physicians in general don't uh, really believe in passive income. They believe in their 401k and the stock market and, you know, working for money and, you know, they are the ones to make money. Now, dentists are different because dentists can build a practice and it's worth money. And I've, I've you know, known dentists who've sold their practice for seven figures and, you know, and it's, it's pretty amazing. We don't have that opportunity as physicians to sell practices. So we really are limited to what we are, uh, RVUs, which is your relative value units, which is like you perform a procedure or you see an office visit and then you get paid a certain number. And yeah, you eat what and you that's kill, what, right? That you eat what you kill, and that's exactly what you do. And all of us in our group are on productivity, which means there is no salary, which means there is no paid time off. You know, like if you work for somebody like Kaiser, you probably do have paid time off. But in a private group like mine, which is physician owned, yeah, you you don't come to work, you don't get paid. So, you know, we don't call in sick, we don't take our vacations, you know, we work really hard. And the fact that I'm doing this passive income, um, it lights a fire in some docs and others others are like, no, that's not for me. I'm not interested in anything that's outside of that little box of what the financial advisor tells you. Now, I'm not really working less yet. And so I think when that time comes, I don't feel like I'll be, well, I do believe um, that the senior part of my group would not appreciate it. And, and I do have an internal struggle with that because not only letting down my group by working less, but it's an internal struggle and it's, it's an identity. So when you go from being a working physician to working less than full time, um, and that used to be a big no-no in my group. When I first started, you had to be... 100% full-time to be a shareholder. Now you don't, you know, we, we've brought on women primarily who want to work part-time at, you know, 0.5 or 0.6. And I'm so happy that I've seen that shift. And, but the, the idea of not being a practicing doctor anymore is scary. It really is. And that's one of my main struggles because I'm working super hard to get to that financial freedom number, but I don't know what the heck I'm going to do when I get there. I don't know if I'm actually gonna do it or not <laughs> so yeah no, absolutely I, yeah i get trust me look, I, we you don't know my story i've shared it a few times but I, I i left an executive position a few months back uh to pursue what i view to be my passions in real estate as well as you know the the emergent ascend program that i built with GoBundance. and to your point it took a lot of energy and effort 21 years in one profession with one company growing through the ranks and being embedded in that culture to dis- to disconnect not just physically from it that's the easy part but my identity from it like that's who i was that's i still feel that way to some extent you know like i see 
I see certain people that I worked with, you know, commenting on things that I might post or that follow up with me. And I feel this tinge of judgment, if you will. And it's not on them. It's on me. But to your point, you're so immersed in what you're doing that separating your identity from it is very difficult. So it is interesting to me to, to hear that because I've heard that from a lot of the docs and GoBundance on the men's side uh, that, yeah, they're the senior partners or the, the people who you know run the practice. I don't know that world well enough to use the right terminology. So apologies, mm -hmm. but uh, really, really do look down on some of these guys who have got to the point where they've built passive income that allows them not to have to work as much. One guy I know uh, had more days off last year than he worked, and he's like, I mean, it's like he's taking bullets every day that he's at work because, you know, how dare you almost kind of thing. Where's that? I'm just kind of, where's that from in, in the doctor community? Is that just a, an old world mindset? Like what, what, how does that come about? I think it's um, the hard work ethic of the doctors. And also, you know, if you're not there, somebody else is going to have to pick up after you. And, and that's, that's a big part of it. You know, in the old school, you would be available every day for your patients, you know, and, um, in my world, not exactly, but five days a week, absolutely. You know, as a family medicine physician, as a specialist though, like, you know, we have a general surgeon that used to take call every day and we expected him to be available on weekends, you know, and then we got another general surgeon and he's like, no, I'm taking vacation and I'm not available on nights and weekends unless I'm on call. And, um, and there, and, and we were even judgmental of him. Like, hey, you're not available when my, when my patient has an appendicitis. Come on, I have to call the, the other guy. And he pushed back. And I, so I, I think it's very old school to feel that you need to be there all the time for your patients. And also the patients push back. So I take a vacation, I come back, and then I hear, I had this or that and you weren't here. And they whine and complain that they had to see somebody else. Well, you know, I'm glad that you like me and you wanted to see me, but I have a life too. Um, and so there's a definite guilt, I think. Um, that's a big part of it as a, as a family doc anyway, because we see patients long-term. Um, I feel like the docs who have shift work and less attachments, like ER and hospitalist doctors who just see patients inpatient, um, they can pick up shifts. And shift work is completely different and much more free in my mind. Um, because you can say, you know what, I'm not going to pick up any shifts for a month and nobody's going to care. Everybody's getting paid. But when I'm not in the office, there's stuff coming in and that stuff needs to be dealt with and somebody else has to do it and they don't get paid for that. So that's, I think, where a lot of it comes from. Yeah, it's hard work to get to where you are as a doctor, right? That the, the schooling and residency and everything else that you go through. Uh, so it, yeah, it does become an identity where that identity of being a doctor is ahead of humanity. It sounds like in the, like you said, I go away for a week. It's like people forget at all angles, patients, other docs, specialists, whatever that are around you forget that you are still first a person who has human needs. <laughs> and then second, you are a physician there to attend to others and serve as you do. And as you have for the last 20 years, so Great story. And by the and way, did, moving. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to mention something. Um, uh, as the leader of the group, I promoted a sabbatical policy recently. And so this was a kind of a big deal for me because I felt like it would really help um, as I'm going through personal development and, you know, passive income. I, I thought, you know, it would be really great if we were able to allow our docs to take more time off as a sabbatical. And we instituted it. It's an eight-week sabbatical with a small stipend, so not full pay, and you can take one every five years as a shareholder. Mm. Uh, we, I think it went into effect in um, January of 2020, so right before COVID, and so nobody has signed up for it yet, and I'm going to be the first, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it next year, in, um, around this time next year, to go to Europe with my family and do kind of an extended trip, and it's even though I'm the one who promoted it, I still, I'm still scared to do it. You know, that's a long time away from my job. And I'm also scared about, I'm, I'm scared it's going to change my focus and be like, oh my gosh, I want to travel more and, and retire more, you know? So I, I'm, it's nervous. It's a little bit, um, makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, no, that's, it sounds like a great uh, pod discussion for accountability for you to make sure that you do it though, <laughs> right? Because yeah, I mean, you know, it, it'll shift your identity potentially. And that's scary, but uh, that that mm -hmm. fear is probably what's best for you to experience, right? Because that's that's where we that's where we grow. Whenever we have that, when we're in that moment of fear, we grow. So good for you. That's amazing that you ab advocated for it, and then that you'll be the first to take advantage of it. You know? Yeah, it's another intuition thing that. Um, 
I can see my sons growing up fast and, you know, he's old enough and strong enough to walk and carry his own bag. And uh, it's not going to be long before he's a teenager. And I, it's just like, I feel this pressure of like, this needs to be done. Good so. for you. Good for you. That's amazing. I was going to say earlier, by the way, you're I was just looking over my notes before we pivot over to some of the one sheet questions. Your your move for weather couldn't have worked out any better. I mean, I don't know if there's a better weather situation than San Diego if you're moving from Canada to the United States. I mean, if you move to where I'm in Michigan, maybe it's like, ah, it's slightly better. You get an extra 30 days of decent weather, but San Diego is a heck of a spot. So good for you for finding a really, a really beautiful <laughs> spot in the country to go. Thank you. Of course. So, all right, let's jump over to the one sheet. We've got these, uh, these, these different pillars that we're going to dive into, starting with horizontal income. And let's just start there. You mentioned 24 different syndications. Um, I, and I don't know what you consider to be horizontal versus uh, uh, vertical income on your mm -hmm. general partner side, but just generally, what do you consider your yearly horizontal income to be? And what are those lines? How many lines is that? So uh, my horizontal uh, year to date is 230,000. And so that's, um, this is my quarter three sheets. So that's half the year. Yeah. So um, I don't think it'll double. I wouldn't extrapolate it that way because I did have a, uh, an exit from a syndication. So that kind of inflated that number a little bit. That is passive income, but I could exclude it and that would bring it down to more like 129. Yeah. No, I, I how many lines as well. So you do. Ahead, okay. Yeah. Um, no. So lines of income, there's a book proceeds, syndication distributions and exits. And then I have some short-term rentals. So I'm not sure if that belongs in horizontal, but that's where I'm going to put it. That's what the IRS says it is. So <laughs> where, if you don't mind me asking, where are the short-term rentals? I have a short-term rental in Maui and also one here locally in Carlsbad, which is in San Diego. Beautiful. Are these condos or are they houses, individual condos? Condos. That's awesome. That's yeah. a short term, such a yeah. great, great game. I'm not in there yet, but maybe one day you, you never know. Uh, what yeah. percentager are you at this point? You mean the financial freedom percentage? Correct. Yeah. Yep. Well, when I did this, and honestly, um, just a quick backstory um, this is my first true one sheet that I did. And I've been part of GoBundance for several years. And uh, I'm, a, I'm a bad member, I guess. But when I started digging into it, I was like, I have no idea what my horizontal income is. And I had to unravel this sweater to figure it out. Because I have a couple short term rentals, I've got everything going into a business account. It's, you know, it's making money, I figure. <laughs> I wasn't, I don't have a bookkeeper. So I had to uh, get QuickBooks and Stessa and really figure it out. And that took me months to do that. So it took a whole quarter practically for me to get this done. And I just finished it a couple of weeks ago. So uh, I filled it all out. And I was like, my financial freedom number is 1.38. And I was like, no, that that's not right. That can't be right. But it is. And it, I'm like, what? Now for my 2021 goal, it's 0.99. So okay. I'm closer than I think, I yeah. guess. Yeah, very good. Do you? I'm just curious real quick. You do a lot of things. You're, do, you, do you have assistants? Do you hire anything out? Do you have some, some who's in your life? You mentioned your network earlier around the syndications, but like you unraveling versus a bookkeeper, you fundraising versus an asset manager or a fundraiser that you bring on on your team and maybe give some equity to. Do you have people in your life or are you just doing all this? That's a good question. And I, I'm doing most of it myself. Yeah. When I was um, getting my website up and running, getting on podcasts, I had a, a VA for a while. But, um, you know, unfortunately, I am doing it all myself. I do think a bookkeeper would be a good idea. <laughs> no, just an honest question, because I'm, I'm more amazed by how much you're able to accomplish being a full-time uh, physician, a mom, uh, you know, a syndicator. You know, I know the the, the the passive deals, you put money in, you get money back, but there's still research and everything else you have to do there. You're building your network, you're writing books, you're speaking, you're doing all this stuff. It's, it blows my mind. Do you, is there sleep involved or do you just kind of cut that part out? <laughs> no, sleep is super important. I sleep eight to nine hours a night. Good for you. Good for you. I love mm -hmm. that. That's it's amazing to me. Amazing. But definitely maybe a couple who's in your life. It sounds like it, like a bookkeeper here or whatever the case may be would be good for right. you. <laughs> How would you break down your net worth from an asset allocation perspective? Is it like all real estate? Do you have some stock, crypto? Like what are you just kind of an idea percentage wise, how you would break your net worth down generally? Yeah. Um, so I, I would say about uh, if you looked at my portfolio, it's actually down to about 55% real estate right now. And then I've got um, 
in stocks, you know, like my 401k, I think that's sitting at about 17%. And then I've got a lot of other stuff that I learned about recently. Um, so a whole life insurance policy, um, some life settlements, which is buying life insurance policies when you get the death benefit when someone passes away and uh, venture capital and some precious metals. Um, crypto is something that I'm learning about, but I haven't done yet. So yeah, um, yeah those are the those are the major categories. Very cool. Oh, that's great. No, I appreciate that. That's a great breakdown. Let's jump over to age defying health. Tell me about diet and exercise. Where, where if you can exercise, if there's mm-hmm. time for it, where, where do these fit in? And what does that routine look like? I try to walk, you know, that's my favorite exercise is to get up early um, and and go for a walk in my neighborhood. And I love to go to the beach. And, you know, when we have a chance getting out of town and hiking, things like that. So not, uh, not a super vigorous exerciser. I used to be really into yoga, but um, it's um, fallen by the wayside a little bit now. But I do try to get moving. And I and I realize that a lot of my best ideas come when I'm when I'm walking. And I also love to listen to podcasts and books and, and talk on the phone. You know, it's just a, it's just a great thing. I really wish, um, I think I'm going to put an idea out there to do walking meetings at work because, you know, we sit in front of the computer so much at work and it would be just great to be able to move and talk at the same time. That's a great point. I like that. What about diet? Do you, do you focus on anything specific within your diet uh, routine? Um, I, I go through phases, you know, um, I've done keto pretty hardcore and done well with it, but I uh, just can't stay on the wagon. It's just really hard uh, to, to, to keep it up. And I tell patients all the time, I'm like, you can't be one foot in and one foot out of keto. You got to be all in or not. Because if you mix fat and carbs, then you are, you're doomed. So um, <laughs> I'm trying to, I try to eat a green smoothie every day for breakfast and I tr- and I do intermittent fasting. That's that's one of that's the best trick I have is intermittent fasting. So if I can just skip breakfast and wait until noon to eat, then I can eat a varied and healthy diet in there um, with with lots of fruits and veggies, but not being super restrictive. Gotcha. Love it. No, I appreciate that. Let's jump over to the relationship side. Tell me a little bit more about your family. You have a ten year old son. Uh, I'm assuming you're married at this point, or or no? Yes, I am married. Mm-hmm. What's your husband do? Uh, my husband is a musician and um, he's, you know, trained, uh, you know, through a, a music school in college and was a performing musician for many years with multiple bands traveling the world. So he's very well traveled, but, and, and spent a lot of time in, you know, Hollywood and Venice, but moved back down here to Escondido around the same time I moved down here. And then we crossed paths and, uh, and then got married. So he has been um, being the stay-at-home dad you know, mm-hmm. primarily in our relationship, which is why I can do what I do, honestly. And, but he's, he's doing his album, you know, so he's, he's not um, contributing financially, but he contributes in many other ways. Yeah, no, no doubt. What's uh, what did he, uh, guitar singer? Like what, what's the, what did he do? He's a, he, <clears throat> guitar oh, is he, his sorry. instrument. Yeah. Guitar is his, his instrument that he trained on, but he's, pretty good at almost everything very cool that's awesome i wish i had more of that music in me so you got the yeah. art to your science he offsets the the, the the relationship in that way i love that that's great <laughs> absolutely um, <laughs> how about your life happiness index do you know what that is and what area are you working most on in that yeah my life happiness index was an eight and um i think that i'm working on um a couple things you know one is is my health in terms of just losing a few pounds. Um, you know, sugar is sort of my downfall. And mm-hmm. so that's where I'm, you know, working on and getting up, getting exercise in more. Um, I'm healthy, you know, otherwise. Um, I'm also working on getting more fun in my life. And so, you know, I just did a, a retreat this weekend and that came up over and over again that, uh, that, fun is something that I am not naturally inclined towards. And so I, I'm very task oriented, goal oriented, write lots of lists and feel good. I feel good when I'm productive. And I like to be productive and do stuff. If I have a day that's empty, I, I get a little bit like unsure of myself. I'm like, what am I doing? I'm wasting time, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm going to be intentional about really putting a, a little bit more levity and fun. And especially with my family, trying to lighten up a little bit and not be so task oriented. I love that. It's funny. Cause like when I left my job, I assumed that that would be, that would be freedom of time. 
you know, I had my job, big job, right? 150 people in my organization, all these different levels and responsibilities. So that took a lot of time in my week. Then I had my multifamily business. Then I had my communities and I had my family and all the other, like you said, you just like, and I, same thing every week. I still do go out, plan, check off lists, all that stuff. And it's great. Those little endorphin hits, right? They just, they feel amazing just to kind of get things done. Then when I left the job, I was like all this time, even if I only devote, you know, 20% of it to all this other stuff, I can make this other stuff grow and I still save time. But conditioning, you know, 20 plus years going, 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 like I filled my time more <laughs> since leaving the job than before it. So warning for you, whenever you do decide to make that move, it's not, it's not going to be as simple as you think of just like, oh, extract these 50 hours and, and I have 46 free hours because I'm only going to take four and devote them here. Like you just Mm -hmm. You feel the need, like you said, like I have an empty space in my calendar. It's like I get anxiety around it. Like I, I, I have to do something. I have to be productive. And I don't know, maybe over time I'll learn that. But I don't think you can truly get that until you make the leap. You know what I mean? It's like anything. You can't know what it's like to have a kid until you have a kid. You can't know certain things until you do it. And you just have yeah. to kind of make that leap, know that you're going to get uncomfortable whenever you, you know, whoever decides to do it. Um, yeah. And, uh, and hopefully, I'm still in the, in the beginning stages of it, hopefully figure it out over time. <laughs> So we'll wow. Good for interesting. you. Interesting. And the sugar thing, by the way. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like crack to me. I, I mean, I'm, no sugar today. Here's a muffin. Okay. Thank you. Like, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you completely. How about a genuine contribution? Do you have a give back ratio or an amount you want to give that you give uh, annually or a target, anything you want to share in the give back department? Um, I am a board member on a, a charity called Interfaith Community Services, and they provide um, assistance to people who are homeless, helping them get back on their feet. And so it's a local charity to my town and I did want to give back locally. So I, um, I do spend a fair amount of time doing that. Awesome. Looks like I'm, I'm, my goal is a hundred hours this year to, to mm -hmm. give back. And then I donate money as well. Um, but I'm not sure how much that will be. I love that. That's great. And how about on the accountability side, do you have a GoPod and <laughs> what are you currently talking about in your GoPod? Yes, uh, on in uh, the GoPod, I have a great group of ladies, and we meet every two weeks uh, for an hour. And we usually um, we we go around, you know, do highs, lows, and intentions, and then we pick a topic. Whether it's sharing a one sheet, talking about crypto, or you know, talking about diversifying your portfolio, just something that we know internally, you know, to. Uh, we'll talk about relationships. We'll talk about masculine versus feminine energy, um, all kinds of stuff. We have some, some powerhouses in our pod. Pretty cool, right? When you just, yeah, sometimes it doesn't have to be overly formatted. Some pods I know are like, you know, five minutes of this, 10 minutes of that. And it, our pod, the same thing. We just kind of deep dive a topic, just rally around something maybe somebody's struggling with sometimes. And, you know, you just grow over time. It takes time to do it, but it's a, that's great. Um, yeah. How about coming up? Uh, you have some besides maybe uh, next year, the eight weeks. Any other adventures planned? Anything that you have coming up? Anything fun? Uh, let's see. Adventures. Okay. Um, I am going to visit my Maui condo for two weeks in August. So I'm excited about that. Uh, the first time I visited, it was uh, the first time I had been there. We went in April because of COVID. I couldn't go at all for the last year and I hadn't seen it in person. So uh, it was great to get there, but it was a working vacation. We did a lot of cleaning and furniture and stuff. And this time it's going to be fun. So um, I'm really looking forward to uh, spending a lot of time in the water and and, and walking on the beach and, and doing adventures in Maui. Um, also, I've got, um, I'm a new pilot. And so I am working on my skills and want to fly to Santa Barbara and to Catalina. So those are two kind of a little bit farther than my normal comfort zone areas that I'd like to wow. fly to. So many layers to you. My goodness. The, the pilot thing now, <laughs> everything. <laughs> That's a whole other line. <laughs> that's of my, that's that's my new passion. Yeah, that's uh, that's fun. I, I really just love that, that you follow them. That's that's what I love about you. You're inspiring me in that. Like you just you you hear something and you go right. That's that's kind of your 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 story, your DNA. You hear something inside and you go. I'm sure that was the decision to become a doctor or to pivot to real estate or you know like you just said. I want. I, I want to learn how to be a pilot. Boom. You know, you just go. And that's really, that's cool. pretty much it. Actually, it was about a year ago today that I decided because I was chatting with a potential investor and he, and I just, 
you know, one of the, my favorite parts about the VMD investing is chatting with people and just getting to know a new investor. And, um, and he said, you know, I'm always interested. What do you do? You know, where are you? What is your family like? You know? And he said, Oh, well, you know, I live in Colorado and I'm a pilot and uh, also I, IT guy that buys and sells businesses. And, you know, he's like, I'm like, Oh, you're a pilot. That's really cool. Tell me about that. I kind of always wanted to do that, but I, you know, I think I'm a little old and, you know, probably take a long time and be super expensive. And he just like, he picked up on that and he was like, no, it's not, it's not that expensive. It won't take you that long and you're not too old. And this is how you do it. First, you get started by going to um, this local school and taking a discovery flight and see if you like it. And I was like, oh, and that just like put the seed in my head. And I went to my husband, I'm like, I think I want to do this. And he's like, okay, we'll go for a discovery flight. And then before you knew it, I was taking lessons. And you know, a year later, I've got my license. Amazing. Amazing. Actually, wow. six months later. And yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. No, thank you for sharing that. That's, uh, that's like I said, really inspiring. I love that. I love that part of your story. Uh, the drive and just the, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? The uh, accomplishment, right? That's kind of your, your, your word, it feels like accomplishment. You think you see you do and that's it. Um, all right, let's jump into our final question from the GoBundance card deck. This is a random question I told you I would ask and did not tell you what it was at the very beginning. So it's the 10 of spades. And the question is, if time and money were irrelevant, what would you do with your life? Wow. Told you it was good. That's great. Um, because I, uh, I was actually just asking myself that very same question this past weekend. And I wrote it in my journal. What would you do if my question to myself was if, if, if money was no issue, you know, what would you do? And, uh, and I struggled to answer that, you know, I, I like the story I tell myself is that I would travel because that's been sort of, we went to Europe, uh, we went to Italy two summers ago before COVID and, and I got the bug because I had never been overseas. I was so goal oriented coming out of college. I didn't take any time to travel just jumped right into school and then boom, 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 working, you know, like many of us. And it was my first time over there. And I was like, there's a big world out there and I want to see it. And so that I feel like is what I would want to do. I would, I would travel and, and, um, and fly places and have fun um, and spend time being healthy, you know, making my own meals, eating healthy. This retreat I went to this weekend was at a farm and they served these amazing food because they had chickens and other animals. And I mean, I know that's a lot of work and it's kind of a romantic notion, but the idea of just being able to spend more time on your, on your, on your diet and, um, and being able to get up and leisurely, you know, exercise without having to rush off to work. I think just being, um, focused on relaxation and fun and adventure, you know, especially the adventure part of it. That's, I think, what I would want to do. I love it. It is a hard question to answer. The, the other one is if, uh, uh, there's a similar question, I can't remember, but I was asked the two and it does, you'd think it would be a simple answer, but it makes you think like, what would I do? Like what, what, what specific, like you said, you travel. Sure. I mean, I would right. do the same, but right. then what do I do with that travel or when I'm traveling or how long will that satisfy right. me? And then like, what would right. I do after that? You know, it's a tough question to answer. So I, I was curious to, I thought maybe you, you could, uh, you can enlighten me more and you did. I think that's a great point to have. Well, fun. you know, I, I think the other thing is that like, I've never traveled for very long. And yeah. so I was telling my husband last night when I was sharing this, and I'm like, you know, I, I think I want to travel, <laughs> but I'm also attached to my bed and my pillow. So, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not 20 anymore. You know, I don't know how comfortable I would be if we went to some, you know, really rural place or, you know, the sticks and how adventurous am I really? And so I think that's something I just have to find out, you know, how, how will I travel? Um, will I miss home? Will I, will I want to come back after four weeks? I, I don't know. So fun in the exploration. We did a month in Florida. It was the longest I had traveled. Actually, my pod held me accountable to that. Uh, and it was, it was, we were, it's funny, we, two weeks in, we were ready to leave. And then mm. after the third week, we settled back in. It was almost like we had to go through like, okay, two weeks was our limit. And then, but we had to be there. And by the end of the third week, it was like, okay, like we, we sort of let that go. And we were comfortable again, if that makes any sense. And then I mean, we were good by the end of that time that we left. It wasn't that same urgency at week four, though, that it was at week two. It was an interesting find. But anyway, this was amazing. Thank you so much for all of the information and for, for, for filling me in on, on all that you're doing. Uh, how can people find out more about you? You have a fund that you have open. Anything you want to kind of talk about right now, go for it. 
Sure. Yeah, my website is uh, vmdinvesting.com. And you can get a hold of me through there. Um, I have a legacy club, which you can sign up for that gets you on my list so that you can be aware of any new deals that I send out. Um, if you're lucky, you might get a newsletter once a month, but I don't send frequent emails. <laughs> and um, I do have uh, my book on Amazon, The Busy Professional's Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. And you can email me directly at Vanessa at vmdinvesting.com. You can also find me on Facebook and, and LinkedIn. I do have an open uh, fund, which is called Rockstar Capital Fund 2. And it's a land entitlement fund. Uh, it's $50 million raise. And we opened it just last month. So it's uh, it's in the ramping up phases right now. And it's a pretty cool fund. It's um, basically getting land ready for the national home builders to build. So taking raw land, getting it shovel ready or permitted. And that process um, is uh, a very detail-oriented and boring process that the operator is doing and they're good at it they know what they're doing so we're lending money to that operator to do that and then we're paying our investors we're targeting eight percent preferred and uh another eight percent profit sharing so about 16 percent cash flow that's incredible that's awesome that's a that's a nice size fund too that's a good raise i mean on top of everything you're doing unbelievable you're unbelievable i mean that so thank you so much again vanessa for all that you've uh you've talked about today i appreciate the time with you Absolutely. Thank you. The wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires at $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. Thank you for tuning in to the GoBundance podcast. We hope to see you at a live event in the near future. If you're new to us, Here's a quick explanation of our programs. Number one, Emerge, a web-based journey for millionaires to be. Number two, Ascend, an interactive mastermind, the next stage of our journey. Number three, GoBundance Elite, the original tribe of millionaires. Number four, GoBundance Champions, five million net worth and above. Number five, GoBundance Women, a tribe of amazing badass women. For detailed information on all five of these, Simply find us at GoBundance.com. Until then, grab life big.